0: they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. John is an ex-Olympian swimmer
0: and uh, a couple of years ago did an amazing swim uh, across Cook Strait. I've been a good friend of mine for about 10 years. A CSP certified speaking professional presented all over the world and been doing it for 25 years. And tonight we're going to be talking about powerful presentations and also pitching. And I noticed, John, in some marketing I got from you recently, um, it said you still get some butterflies after all these years. I don't really get butterflies when I speak, but I wanted to ask you about that um, as a starting point. Do you really still get butterflies and, uh, and... then, if so, why do you think that is?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a bloody good question, actually, Mike. I, I do still get them, um, but these days I only get them with large audiences. If I'm doing, oh, maybe fifty or a hundred, I don't I don't feel it. But if I'm up to the thousand, I start to I start to get a bit nervous. I'm not sure why it is. I'm sure it's something to do with uh, conditioning from being a child or something. Um, I I quite like it. I think I've learned through sport how to use the adrenaline that nerves give you uh, to perform at a better level. So I actually feel a lot better when I'm nervous um, uh, and I perform a lot better when I'm nervous. So um, sometimes I actually try and create the nerves. <laughs> you don't get it at all, yeah.
0: Mike? I was going to actually, that's the reason why I started there because like a lot of people are, um, fearful and they feel these butterflies and they think that it's a bad thing but but often great athletes and and great presenters as well such as yourself you actually embrace this. Now we're talking about powerful presentations. What to John Shackleton is a powerful presentation?
1: Good question. I suppose the one that achieves its objective um, something that, that I've got to tell you, most people, get when they give presentations, they don't really have an objective. Uh, but if I'm talking for a large organization, uh, you know, uh, Air New Zealand or, or, or one of the big banks or somebody like that, um, I will always ask them in advance, what's their objective of me speaking to the group? What do they want to achieve? What's the end result? And I suppose a powerful presentation is one that actually achieves that result. So. To me, that's um, that's the most important point: is that you achieve the objective. And I have to tell you, Mike, um, you'll have seen this a thousand times. Most people's objective uh, that that aren't a that, that most people that aren't in a professional mode for speaking. Most people's objective is, oh, I want to tell them about something. Uh, yep. And I always say to people. Um, if you're going to tell them about, send them a bloody email. Don't don't talk to them. Send them an email. Why would you bother if all you've got to do is give information? Send them an email. If you're there in front of them or in a webinar like this, uh, I don't see that that the you know I, I don't see giving them information is the objective. I think helping people to change, helping people to do something different, to me, that's an objective.
0: So let's just pick that up because obviously most of the people that are on our calls are not professional presenters, they're entrepreneurs and they're on the call because they're presenting in their own business and maybe they have to present to clients or maybe they've got to present to boards of different companies or, or even for funding or something like that. So in in what way would you see the entrepreneur not being there to give information but to inspire people and 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 help the the people that they're actually presenting to? In what way would that be different?
1: Well, um, I, I'm not sure how different it would be. Uh, one of the key things, I think, to understand that, from my perspective anyway, presenting has changed dramatically in the last four or five years. And um, I think a lot of that has to do with technology. For example, these days I consider when I'm on stage that the the biggest competition I have is the smartphone Um, because unless I'm interesting, unless I'm entertaining, unless I'm uh, staggering, then these people will get on their smartphones and start going on Facebook or do their emails. Uh, And I've seen it happen so many times where somebody is giving information out to, to the audience and the audience is bored because they don't want to be crammed full of information, and they just get their phone out and surreptitiously in their lap underneath the table or whatever, they start doing their, their emails. There's probably people in this audience right now doing their emails and listening at the same time. <laughs> it happens exactly all the right. time.
0: Yeah, exactly and right, and so it is, is the more important. yeah.
1: Well, I think it's changed so much now. If you think about it, if your job is to give information from stage, well, You know, people can get every piece of information they could possibly want within five minutes on their smartphone. They don't need us to give them information. Our job is not to do that. I believe it used to be, uh, but I don't think it is anymore. My whole thought about it these days is that uh, I'm there to entertain them. And while I'm entertaining them, I need to achieve that objective, whatever the objective is. If I'm not entertaining them, then I won't hold their attention And and people's attention span has dramatically reduced these days. We're we're less than a goldfish these days. Uh, Seven seconds, I think, you've got. And and so therefore, um, it's about using every trick you've got in the book to hold their attention. Even if, and I know that, I mean, I pitch all the time. I'm pitching to companies all the time. And um, I realize that these companies want information I I get that I understand that but we've got to put it in such a way that it's it's very interesting and it's very entertaining otherwise we'll lose them
0: yeah I think if you're an entrepreneur and you're rolling up to a meeting and you've got a bunch of information that you want to share with potential clients or strategic alliances or something like that I agree with you totally the days of just going this is who we are, this is the features and benefits of our product, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, gone. People want to have edutainment these days and it's a word that we started using 10 years ago now but it's, it's never been more true than it is now. John, you run a, a powerful presentations course and there's a number of elements to that. Um, do you remember what the elements are to the course and then let's pick up on one or two of them.
1: I've got them written down right in front of me. Um, yeah, I divide giving powerful presentations into six areas. Uh, I'll I'll quickly run through and then, as you say, we'll come back and have a look at them. I talk about the the concept of structuring a presentation. I think that's really important to understand that there are good structures and there are bad structures. And I find that most people don't approach structuring it with the objective in mind, because obviously that's the key. Why open your mouth unless you have an objective? And once you have an objective, the, the structure, what you say first, what you say second, becomes a little bit more obvious. So structuring right. is the first thing. The second thing that um, is incredibly important is building rapport. Um, with Without rapport, you'll lose them and you have to do that really quickly and I'll talk a little bit about that because um, I've seen some of that done quite recently which absolutely blew me away. Um, the third element uh, I've written down in a very positive thing, which is called presenting with self belief. But most people would perhaps look at that as how do I overcome the fear, which is maybe a more negative version of the same angle, but presenting with self belief. The fourth area that I cover that I think is incredibly important, and some people would disagree with me on this, but um, I think it's extremely important to use visual aids of some sort when we're presenting these days. We are Human beings are becoming more and more visual, and if we're not putting pictures of some sort in front of them, we're going to lose them. Pictures or videos or mo- movement of some sort, we're going to lose them. Uh, point number five is about how to deliver and how to entertain, some of the how-tos. And point number six is there's a number of people like myself that are, that are, do this professionally that have done this for years. and. and um, we have a few little tricks and ideas up our sleeve, as as you will know, Mike. You know some of the things about um, ways in which to say things and structuring small vignettes, small stories. How how you bring those out, how you structure those, um, and how you lead people in particular ways. How you even use the stage um, that, that you're standing on, or you're, the table that you're sitting on. How you use that to get more people. Uh, to buy into what you're saying. So those are the six areas I look at.
0: Right. I think. Before, um, John. Before
1: I wanted to just come up with a, a statement here because a, a number of people listening to this would probably be saying to themselves, "Well, you know, how, how do I do it?" That is not the question to be asking. How do I do it? Because in five mm-hmm. minutes on stage, sorry, on five minutes internet you can find out how to do stuff. I don't think that's the question we should be asking. The the question we should be asking is will you be doing it? Because it's so easy to chicken out of doing a presentation and structuring it properly and practicing it properly. It's so easy not to do that and I hear it all the time I give presentations but I don't do enough present preparation. People say that to me I must hear that 20 times a week. They all know what to do and they know how to do it. They just don't do it. <laughs> it's a bit like weight loss, isn't it? Everybody knows how to lose weight. You eat less and you exercise more, but how many people actually do it?
0: Yeah, I agree. Let's pick up your first, the first point because I think that's really helpful for people which is structuring the presentation. So keeping in mind that we've got an entrepreneurial audience listening to this call, Um, what would be some tips or techniques that you could give them to structure a presentation better than they may be doing now?
1: Well, if I'm doing a pitch of some sort, I will use a nine-point. It's quite a complicated thing, and people can always uh, email me and and, um, ask for this nine-point section, but I'll very quickly go through it. Uh, Point number one is a personal introduction, obviously. We need to introduce ourselves. Point number two is to have a success story. Whatever it is we're talking about or selling, I always try and put a success story in straight after I've introduced myself. Um, That's really about me. That's all there is about me. And then I've got one, two, three, four, five pieces about the person I'm speaking to. It's about them now. I switch from me to them and I try and outline what their problem is, what I know their problem is. I try and explain how what I do might help. With their problem. I demonstrate that for them so they can see how they can apply it. That's point five. Point six is I quantify the outcome for them so that they know the value to them of doing what I'm suggesting. And then the last three sections that I've got here are basically the sale. And even if I'm doing a presentation to a large corporate, I'm still selling something. I might not be selling a course or a product. I'm selling them on the concept of taking this up and doing something with it so um, those last three points I explain the package that they're going to be working with and I I show people the value that they would gain from this package and then I I give them a call to action at the end I get them to take some action and agree to take the action so that way I'm achieving my objective so those those nine points and if somebody does want a copy of that um, I've got a um, an article on that, by all means send me an email, john at johnshack.com and I'll, I'll more than happy send you uh, send you that structure.
0: So that's john at johnshack.com, so just definitely check out johnshack.com too, folks. Um, the other thing is that this is being recorded so you can go back uh, and have a listen to that because I think those nine points are just genius. and. You know, anybody who's on the call, if they haven't got some value there, I'd be very surprised. Let's go into rapport building for a second, John, because you mentioned that um, you've got a few techniques and you've seen one or two really great techniques for building rapport with people. And we have a little formula that we've taught people over the years, which is radio, rapport, authority, direction, inspiration, and ownership as, as a way to give powerful presentations, which I know is um, something that you embrace in your stuff as well. So let's, let's talk about rapport.
1: Well, um, I've been to two pretty big concerts recently here in New Zealand. I've been to uh, Dolly Pardon, which was just such, a, such an amazing concert, and and one or two others. And I learned, I mean, I love, I love the music. The, when you go to a concert, you don't get great music, do you, because you're too far away from the speakers and there's thousands of people and the noise isn't quite right. So I, we we'll go for the atmosphere. Um, I was just amazed how clever Dolly Pardon was at... Making me as an audience member feel good about being me She, uh, I, th- I, I believe this was that the New Zealand gig was the first of her Australasian gigs. It might have been the first in the world, but it's certainly the first of the Australasian. And she came on stage. She'd done her homework, and she said, "It's just fantastic to be here in New Zealand," which made us all feel great because we're from New Zealand. Big cheer! And then she's saying. I've got to go to Australia tomorrow, and she said it in such a way, you know. And she, I get, I understand that tomorrow when she's in Australia, she's going to guess where I was yesterday. She, she's so clever at making the audience feel important and making the audience feel valued, and she did that about five times in between the first five or six songs, over and over and over again, just making sure there feeling about having committed ourselves to seeing her, and she she was just brilliant at building rapport. And I would strongly recommend, if you're not very good at that, just go and watch one of these rock stars. They know how to do it, and it's, you know, they're not... I can't say she was um, uh, completely and 100% honest in what she said, but, man, did it make us feel good.
0: (laughs) Yep. One or two tips that I've always used uh, is to find something that's relevant immediately. And this was a great one. I remember a friend of mine used to use this. And it's just to give you guys an idea. But when he would go into a new country and he was giving a presentation, which I do a lot as well, um, he would pick, first thing he'd do at the airport is pick up a a copy of the newspaper and the business magazine. Then, in the taxi on the way to the presentation, he'd read it. Then his first thing he would bring up and he'd say, wow you guys have got uh, like a 17% unemployment rate in this country and blah 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 and he'd use something that was topical out of the paper and the audience would instantly go holy crap he knows everything about us and he's one of us so that little tip of just understanding something about who it is you're presenting to um and like i'll give you i i'll give you another quick example john is that um uh, this week I've been doing some some job interviews for some people who are looking to come to work with us, and it's been so so funny because um my very first question uh to each of them after the meeting is saying, "Okay, interview me and they're like, "Sorry, and I go interview me and they're going, "Um we don't have any questions prepared and I'm like, "Oh, that's weird. I thought you'd want to know or everything about who you may be working for so that was like the anti-report because if I was going to, to somebody and I was um, going to look to work for them or become um, a supplier to them, I'd want to have some questions for them. I'd want to know some things about them. So starting with a good question, starting with a, a good something that brings you um, together on a common place that's relevant to them is a great way to, to, to have rapport. Um, any other quick tips on that, John? And then let's move on to one other thing, area.
1: I did a gig yesterday in a tiny little place, you know, for for some for seven real estate agents. It was a training gig, and I did exactly that. What you're talking about, Mike. I, the, the, the town they live in, I, I found a, a little a, a little local newspaper and read a couple of things. And I, if I'm ever at an event, I will always turn up a speak before me because they'll say something that I can pick up and use, and the audience. Just feel like you know their situation. I think it's a really important element. The other thing about building rapport that I would say is that if you're in a, a potentially negative situation that um, uh, you, you you need to address the negativity very quickly. Uh, I, I always talk about this, uh, address the elephant in the room. What, whatever is negative in people's minds, come up with it straight away. Um, I recently was helping a, a guy produced a presentation. He had to speak to a whole lot of rural mayors in this country and um, he had recently taken one of the rural mayors to court and won and sued the pants off this guy and so his audience were full of this guy's friends. And um, he was really worried and I said, well, you've got to bring that up straight away. You've got to get in there immediately and attack the elephant in the room. They're all thinking it, you're thinking it, let's talk about it straight away. So that's one thing I would suggest. The other thing is um, one of the best ways I believe of creating rapport is self-deprecation is is running rather than running yourself up. Let's face it 99% of the audience are scared of doing what you're doing. They're scared of standing up and, and, and talking. Uh, so you're already a god in their eyes because you're doing it and you're doing it with confidence. So I try desperately to run myself down, not in a nasty way, but I'll, I might say something stupid like, um, oh, I, I was late this morning because I forgot, I forgot to put my belt on my track. You know, something, something ridiculous. Just a nice, gentle way of running myself down. I tell a story early on um, about how I failed in my swimming career. I never made Olympics despite what you said Mike. I, I never actually made Olympics so I start with that. I start with what I'm trying to do is show the audience that I'm human I'm just like you. I make mistakes, I get things wrong um, and I have failures. So that's, that's one of the ways I, make, I try and build rapport.
0: John let's go to pitching um, because pitching is a big part of, uh, of presentations and it's something that you've been embracing in the last few years too and um, that you never used to, and it's something that all entrepreneurs have to do. Um, when it comes to the pitch, how do you prepare the audience for what it is you want to sell? Um, what Are there any techniques or words you specifically use, and are there any things you, you do to sort of get the audience ready for the pitch?
1: Well... One of the things, that I remember reading a book uh, a few years ago called um, Profits, uh, Presentation Profits Blueprint. I think it's an Australian lady, Joanna Martin. And one of the things she talked about there was making the pitch part of it completely seamless. What I've found, especially with myself in the past, was I'm coming to the point where I'm starting to pitch something, I'm getting nervous about the pitch. So something changes in the speed with which I'm talking about. Uh, sorry, the speed yep. with which I'm talking, it changes in my tonality, it changes. So what I've worked really hard on now is trying to make everything seamless. So in other words, the audience, they're not, they, don't, they don't even know that I've changed the subject because everything is exactly the same as it was. All the visuals are the same. My language is the same. Nothing's changed. It stayed the same, it's just now I'm putting something in front of them they can purchase. So I think that's, that's something I've personally worked on a lot, to try and keep everything the same all the way through my presentation. So I'm still making jokes, I'm still doing card tricks or whatever it is I'm doing to hold them together. It's just I'm now selling them something at the same time.
0: Yeah, I, I like that. And um, I know Joey Martin really well, actually. She's a friend so, uh, and she's a great presenter. Um, I definitely agree with that from myself, and the only thing I'd add to it is, um, for those of you that have ever seen um, me pitch, and that would be all of you because you've all joined the circle of excellence, so you've, you've all had me pitched to you in one way or another. You'll, you may not have been aware, but three or four times, starting right during my introduction, I will actually tell you um, what I'm going to do. So. I'll say that um, uh, tonight I'm going to be sharing ideas on this, I'm going to be doing this. And then for some of you, you're going to be interested to find out about something that we call our circle of excellence. So I'm planting the seed there. And then during the, the actual presentation, I'll also be talking about um, maybe using it. I'll be saying something like, oh, um, you know, John Shackleton's a member of our circle of excellence. Let me tell you something about him. So I'll be dropping it in again. So when it comes to me actually talking about it, they're quite familiar with it. So and this is and I noticed before, John, you said um, even regardless of you pitching at a table, if you're pitching at a table. Now, here's a great secret, folks, that I remember from my financial services days as a financial planner. This was taught to me when I was in my twenties and I still use it. If I'm if I'm at a cafe and I've got a meeting, and let's just say it's to make sure that uh, one of you wants to go through the circle of excellence and it's right for you. When you sit down at that cafe, I will have the contract with your name filled out and as much detail as I can have filled out for you right in front of you, facing your way that you can see it. And the reason why, and it'll be, is because when you sit down, you will look at it and go, holy shit, there's a contract with my name on it. And you'll think about it for two seconds, but as we get into the discussion of the meeting, your your psyche will become familiar with it being there. So when I introduce it, it's no shock. You know it's coming. So this is also something about uh, pitching. Any comments on that or anything that that triggered for you?
1: No, I think you're absolutely right. I think uh, you've, you've got to be... It's It's about being honest and open, I think. If you're hiding something, if you're... If you're running away from it, people will detect it. So it's bringing it out early on is a, is a fantastic idea. Uh, and it's something that I've, in that structure that I talked about, um, part of the uh, outlining their problem, which is the third part of that nine-part structure, actually goes through. Now, some of you are going to be interested in, in finding out how you can fix this. It's, that's exactly what I do. I put it as early on as I can. And I think, it's a, I think it's a really important thing because it just lays the foundation. It shows people what's coming next.
0: John, I'm going to ask, okay. it, we're going to open it up for questions now in the last um, few minutes that we're on the call. Guys, you can, can you type do... your questions in.
1: Can I just say you something? You can type. Tell... Uh, an American lady died recently. A, a lady called Maya Angelou. Um, now, she was an American poet. Uh, a very famous lady and one of the things she said she, she actually worked um, with uh, Martin Luther King who did the um, I Had a Dream speech which is probably the most famous speech of all time. One of Maya's most famous quotes and the thing that I've used in my life for many many years is is this, people will forget what you say and what you do but they will never forget how you made them feel. Right. When you're presenting our job is about instilling feelings in people, not about giving them information, is making them feel different. So, everything we do in a presentation has got to be about instilling feelings in people.
0: Yep. I, I couldn't more. agree with you, too. It reminded me instantly. Um, you and I both spoke at uh, the time conventions a number of years ago when they were having those. And. Mm. I don't know, I must have done something right that day. At the end of the day, I sort of went home thinking, oh, I did that pretty well, but I wouldn't have rated it as you know, one of my highest presentations anyway. It didn't seem to be much different for me. But still to this very day, I have people saying to me, my God, I saw you at time and you were amazing. Um, and it was all of that. And I said, I can't remember what I spoke about. And they go, neither can I. <laughs> but I absolutely made them feel something that day. Um, John, we're going to go to questions. I would love anybody to type in questions but as people are thinking about that and there's a chat box on the the web there, you can type in any questions for us, John, you've got a powerful presentations course coming up so just uh, let everybody know what that's about and and where they can go to find out more about that while anybody's thinking of some questions.
1: I'm running a powerful presentations course in Auckland uh, on the 18th of September, it's going to be at the Waipuna Hotel in Auckland. Um, normal tickets are 199 bucks, but between now and the end of this week, what, what day are we today, Wednesday, between now and the end of this week, uh, they're 99 dollars instead. So that's a full day's training covering all of these points that I've talked about. If you want more information about that, um, either send me an email, John at John Shack, or um, uh, Go to johnshack.com forward slash events, E-V-E-N-T-S, and you'll see some details about that. Hopefully, I'd like to take that um, to different parts of the world as well. So um, that's that's a really exciting presentation, and and, and, uh, some wonderful stuff has come out of that. Some absolutely amazing people have completely revolutionized what they've done. And there's some of those videos uh, talking about that, on that web page that I talked about. So johnshack.com forward slash events uh, and you'll get a a good understanding of that.
0: So 18th of September and um, it's going to be uh, $99 if you get in over the next, uh, say, 48 hours or so um, to do that. John, I've got a a couple of questions. Um, Let's just go back. Hang on, I'm getting a few questions coming in if If you were doing a written presentation, would you use the same structure that you're talking about?
1: Um, probably not probably not because for me, a written presentation um, i I would in fact I would never do purely a written presentation. I would put videos in there and I would put uh, links to various pages with with uh, activities going on. I find these days that just writing down words, just doesn't doesn't grab people, and also they'll look straight through to the end to find out whether you know what the money's about. So no, I would use a different structure. This one is for a visual presentation, a face-to-face presentation, or a pitch.
0: Look, that's a great answer, and and thank you, Dean, for asking that question because um, John, you triggered something in me. We've still got some written presentations that we use for sponsorship, and as you were saying that, I thought shit, I'm going to put some links in there to some videos with some really cool stuff on it so they can see stuff. So that was a great question, great answer. Thanks for that, guys. Next question. I'm putting together a documentary on water sustainability for Indian villages, a presentation, in fact. Also realise that this structure can be used for that. So in other words, um, Shazahi is putting together actually a, a documentary and what she's saying is your structure of pitching can be used in... Um, like a film documentary or even in a webinar like we're doing we could be using that structure here so if you're doing a webinar with your clients or many other things but I think the important thing here and and I'll say this and then get John's feedback is when I write my presentations or I do anything even my books or everything I tend to write them as a musician I write them as a song so there are verses there are choruses there are Crescendos. There are solos in them. There are, you know, huge endings and and things things like that. And definitely in the film uh, section, Shazza, uh, that's the way that you should be thinking about that. It should have a theme, which is like the hook of the film that keeps coming through. But there needs to be crescendos and and everything like that. John, do you, do you involve any sort of um way, or is it very just uh, structured for you in in following that nine step formula in doing your presentation?
1: I try and do in that nine-step formula for each of the nine parts, I try and have either a um, an entertainment piece for each section. So it might be a story, it might be a short punchline, it might be some sort of visual trick that I'm playing, but each one of those nine pieces I'll have some form of, um, the word entertainment is too big a word for some of it, it might just be a quick punchline or a quick story, but each one I try and put, um, like you're saying, Mike, you have a verse in there. It's it's very similar. A little vignette, a little tiny piece in there which is an entity on its own but fits into the whole thing.
0: Yep, good. Um, now I've got another question here, it's about timings. I think it's about timings for your workshop coming up. Uh, so do you just want to let us know um, what the timings are for the workshop?
1: Uh, Yeah, that workshop starts 9.30 in the morning and finishes 3.30 in the afternoon. I think people want to get back to their office and finish things up. So I try and finish things
0: by 3.30. Great, great. John, we're coming to the end of this and unless there's any other quick questions, I'll just get some finishing comments from you on and maybe some final tips um, that if you were an entrepreneur and you had to give a presentation tomorrow morning, what are three things that you would do, do today to make sure it was powerful?
1: Um, well, let me start by, by saying that the most important thing is practice. Uh, nobody gets good at this because they're naturally good at it. We get good at these things because we practice. You want to be a um, a rock, Michael knows this, you want to be a rock star, you've got to do 10,000 hours of practice. You want to be world class at anything, 10,000 hours. So I tend to find people in the corporate world are still bloody preparing their presentations five minutes before they're giving it. Me, I practice and I practice and then when I finish that, I practice and then when I finish doing that, I practice again. I never stop practicing. Very, very important. I always walk on
0: stage and think about what I'm going to say then, you know that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's true, that's true. But that's through years of experience, Mike, and actually your stories, I've heard some of your stories over and over again and they are... Beautifully structured and beautifully prepared, and they don't happen by accident. You've actually crafted some of those in a very in, and practiced doing them. I, I do realise you may not know which order you're going to say them in, but um, yeah, the, the second, point, very- second point I would make is this: this concept about our job is not to give information; it's to make people feel something. Our job is to is to stir up emotion in them. Um, I think that's really, really important and um, and I think so few people are looking for emotion. They're trying to shove information down others' throats. Yep. Um, and the, the final part is that um, uh, I, I believe very strongly that we must use a lot of visuals in our presentation because human beings are becoming more and more visual. Look at the rise in YouTube. Look at the the, the way it's changing the way we learn stuff. YouTube is incredibly powerful and um, it's, we like watching video. So if you're not using some sort of visual format, I sincerely believe you will be losing out. So keep it as visual as you can. Practice as much as you can and make people feel something.
0: One final question, John, um, and it's just on the overcoming fear. One quick tip that if you're giving a presentation tomorrow and you're a bit scared, what can you do? overcome that fear?
1: Well obviously practice will help but uh, breathing is probably the most important thing you can do instantaneously is to change your breathing to make it slow and shallow. Um, If you watch the athletes they do this all the time before they perform, they control their nerves with their breathing. It's the most important thing you can possibly do to control the, the language that's going on inside your head.
0: Yeah, that's. I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's. If you had have asked Dave and I, we would have said the same thing. Got one final question come in, John. So let's just deal with this and then uh, thank everybody. I'm pitching an experience that is almost totally new. Other than testimonials and benefits, any ideas of what to include? Um.
1: I, well, you you can't go much past testimonials. To be honest with you. Um, I think that's incredibly powerful testimonials, but not written testimonials. Don't read them out. Show people a video uh, of, you see that the difference between a written testimonial and, and looking in the eyes of the person saying the words, it's, it's massive. So I don't ever send out written testimonials now or, or quote them on the screen. I will show somebody a video of one of my clients saying nice things about me. Because you're actually looking in the eyes of that person, you get a completely different message.
0: Yep. And so, and this is a. Go on, please.
1: Videos are so easy to make these days. You know, get your iPhone out, and five seconds later, you've got yourself. I do these all the time, constantly, making videos. Simple. Taking a less a second video of a happy client is worth a thousand words on a piece of paper.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more and it is easy. And the other thing is when you're doing these folks, don't be scared to tell people what to say. Um, often when we get um, testimonials, we actually, people look and say, yeah, I'm happy to give a testimonial. And they at first they look dumbfounded, but all I do is I think about them. So for instance, John, if I was asking you to give me a testimonial, uh, the one of the things that comes to mind is, is you know, you can put Mike, in, could you tell them that you could put Mike in any situation and he'll still deliver a powerful presentation. And you go, oh yeah, that, that's good, and that's all I need you to say, and I've got a great testimonial. You know, so it's, sometimes you've got to find people this scriptum, yeah, exactly.
1: In fact, if, you, if people want to see the power of that, go to that uh, johnshack.com forward slash events page, and you will see three or four or five testimonial videos there. They're literally 30 seconds long. And most of those I told, I didn't quite tell them what to say, but I gave them an area to talk about.
0: Yeah. And the other thing, folks, is just using more video. I couldn't agree more with the visual stuff. I actually ran a check yesterday and the first 89 pages of YouTube, if you Google me on YouTube, are actually videos that I'm in. And I'm really happy about that because I'm just getting so much bandwidth from it. And I actually ran checks on some of the people that... I'm working with and and seeing how much they're exposed through video and surprised how little some of them are exposed and they're the ones that I don't think are doing as well as they should be. So video is a huge thing. John, I want to thank you so much for being on, on the call this evening. Um, folks, uh, great questions uh, this time round, and uh, make sure you go to johnshack.com or send him an email to john at johnshack.com Go to the Powerful Presentations course if you're in New Zealand or if you're not, maybe come to another one that he might be doing maybe later in the year or next year and uh, and see from me. He's certainly an awesome presenter. John, thanks very much.
1: Thank you very much for having me and uh, I'd, I'd love to hear from anybody in the, uh, in the audience.
0: Yep, great. We'll see you all later. Bye. Thanks, man.